Hi, and welcome to Conversations to Connect. I'm Fenella Hawksley, and this podcast is brought to you in collaboration with the Campaign to End Loneliness. Social isolation and loneliness are widespread and can have a huge impact on health, happiness, and overall well-being. All people of all ages need connections that matter, and on this podcast, we will be hosting conversations to share insights, knowledge, and research to inspire change and to help people feel more connected. today's episode, I'm joined by Tony Supreme, an award-winning radio presenter, CEO of Grounded Sounds, a charity which aims at empowering youth through music, as well as the founder of Soul Surge, a music and well-being platform. With extensive knowledge and personal experience of the criminal justice system, Tony also mentors and supports young people into careers in music. Welcome to Conversations to Connect, and thank you so much for joining us. First of all, how do you fit everything in? <laughs> uh, <laughs> who says I do? No, I'm joking. Um... I'm still looking for balance, if I'm honest. I kind of have had the mentality or grown up with the mentality of just having to get things done. So I think that just keeps me going. But yeah, still looking for balance, to be honest. Yeah. (laughs) So in everything you do, there's a real focus on building community, Mm. especially through well-being and through music. Why is that so important to you? I think because I was lucky to kind of grow up with community Mm -hmm. around me. So despite like whatever decisions I might have made or what experiences I might have had, there was always people around me supporting. And I feel like I had a really good network that helped me to get into the places that I am now and the position that I'm in now. So I think it's important for other people to experience that. I think the art of community or the concept of community is slowly getting lost. I think like social media and just capitalism and individualism has like started to slowly erode our idea of like community. So I think that for me, it's important to keep trying to trying to embed that in society or, or wherever I wherever I go, kind of like bring that essence of community and yeah, make people feel that. So true, and as well, erosion of religion, all the things that maybe brought people together are yeah, <laughs> slowly <that's right>. fading <laughs> away, and everyone's feeling lonely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically. So before working as a DJ and a mm. radio host and a CEO of a charity, you spent some time in prison. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to talk to you about that experience and how that has shaped what you do today. Yeah. Yeah. What was what was the experience of prison like? Um, I think it was interesting. I'll say that. I think it was a space for me to like actually zone into myself and figure out who I am. What were the decisions that led me there? What would I need to do differently to get out and stay out? I think it's interesting because obviously 10 years on, I'm now able to sort of reflect on it in a different way now that I've kind of done the work and got to the position that I'm in now. But I think at the time, there's loads of different things that are going on. So like being away from your family and friends and you're kind of missing them, but also developing new friendships within the prison on your wing, knowing that there's certain people you could talk to about certain things or your cellmate and sort of developing those relationships. And then, so you're missing home, but you're kind of finding yourself and finding your social network within the space that you're in but then sort of like the fears around like navigating life on the inside but then also what you might come out to mm-hmm. was it a lonely because I mean you're taken away from all your family all mm-hmm. your friends mm-hmm. placed in potentially a cell on your own mm-hmm. the idea of that it sounds so lonely and isolating like was it is that kind of experience for you? It, it, it is it's a weird one because it's kind of like how 
how do you define lonely or like everyone has their own perception of it or experience of it but I think yeah in the grand scheme of things it is a lonely time Mm -hmm. you know it is time by yourself even though for the most part you are sharing a cell um, you've got a bunk bed someone above you or below you but it can still feel quite isolating if you're not connecting with that person kind of not yeah just kind of in your own space I I found myself sort of in my own Mm -hmm. space I was sharing a cell with a friend Mm -hmm. luckily but there were times where I would just get lost in a book Mm -hmm. or you know you go on a visit and then you come back from the visit and even though you've seen someone that you love you're reminded that you're not with them so you have to watch them walk away and that can be really lonely and it kind of like reminds you of where you are yeah I think it's a tricky time it's a tricky time I can think back to like moments where you're just reminded that you are kind of on your own mm-hmm. in this situation and that might be like times where you will call someone and they just don't pick up and for you it's kind of like well that's it that's your one call or that's the time that you have and then you have to move on and mm-hmm. kind of thinking about just what's going on at home so that's quite difficult but yes yeah, it's, it's a really it's a weird time or weird experience because I think for me personally I think I probably experienced a bit more loneliness when I was released yeah and I wanted to ask you about that because I think some people especially if they've spent a long time mm-hmm. in prison find it incredibly hard leaving it's actually the experience of leaving which they find like the most yeah. isolating yeah it I is wanted to ask you about that I guess like for me the time the time period of my life that it happened I was in uni mm-hmm. so when I came back my friends had graduated, I went back to uni by myself, people are working, I wasn't working, so it was kind of like, everyone has moved on, mm-hmm. everyone is just doing what they're doing with their lives, they're living their lives, and I found myself in a position where, yeah, it did feel quite lonely because I wasn't I wasn't working, so I wasn't earning money to like go out and do the things they were doing or go to dinners and parties and stuff. And then when I went back to uni, the whole landscape had changed, so my friends who I was in uni with were no longer there and then the people I was around were like the younger year groups who I didn't really have that much connection to so that was like it was lonely but then the way I kind of worked it was like well I'm here to study I'm here to kind of focus so that was good for me but yeah I think it it, it can be quite hard and having worked in prison since being released like I've, I've worked at the radio station there and did you work at national prison national radio? prison radio yeah yeah and like working with the guys there and i guess interacting with them and kind of sharing those experiences for me i was able to see that some people are having a much harder time than i have and like experiencing more loneliness because they don't actually have families on the outside or they don't have a fixed abode so they're just like here they're everywhere so wherever they are in prison they're kind of just alone so yeah there's other situations where I'm like it could be worse you know did you listen to National Prison Radio while you were in prison and did Uh, that help you I didn't you know oh yeah (laughs) funnily enough I don't think I did or I didn't I might have but I didn't know it was this thing Mm -hmm. as as, as it is how did you start working with them um this was a couple not too long ago actually so this is like years after me doing Soul Surge and mm-hmm. being on radio, I saw the opportunity come up and I just went for it. Mm-hmm. I was like, this would be really cool to go back into the prison I served time in wow. and give back and like support people that are experiencing the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
but also like I guess develop my knowledge of like radio production and presenting as well in a more formal way than I had been before I was just freestyling before and now it was like I was going to get the training so yeah I went for the job and I got it and yeah I spent two years there and it was amazing um, it was a really good time but when lockdown came it kind of got a bit tricky because we couldn't go into a prison anymore so we had to like do the shows from home yeah. and I guess that changed my experience of the role mm-hmm. because of my role I really was there to work with people in prison mm-hmm. type of thing so was it strange going back yeah <laughs> yeah I mean that's kind of like confronting fears. yeah yeah do you know what it's funny because like you I thought I had done whatever healing I needed mm-hmm. to do when I went back in it I realised I had so much more work to do. Mm-hmm. Like, because there was, it was just so weird. Like, when I went to the wing to, like, speak with someone who we were going to recruit, I would go on the wing and I'm, I'm, like, walking. And I'm like, that was myself. Oh. Do you go, like, that was myself. Or, yeah, just kind of, like, when I got keys <laughs> to, like, walk through any door I wanted to walk through, I'm like, actually got keys like do you know what I mean I'm, this is mad like and yeah just kind of being confronted with that like parallel parallel realities and I was talking about this the other day that like some things happen and we make certain decisions and then our life goes along one trajectory but if things went another way it would be would be living a completely different reality so I think about like my situation and my conviction and, and what could have happened and it would have been completely different. It would have been me still being there. So I think, yeah, it was, it was crazy. And I think, I, I kind of think I was re-traumatizing myself a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it's like PTSD just a little going bit. back on the battlefield. <laughs> yeah. Just like, a little bit, just oh a little God. bit. Just a little bit. And like, yeah, just, it was weird. It was weird. And, and sort of like making sure, you know, having similar experiences with the guys that I'm working with, mm-hmm. but knowing that they're, they're going back to a cell and I'm leaving and the kind of feelings that that brings up and still making sure that you have your professional line and not kind of blur those lines, even though you completely understand where they're coming from and what's going on. So yeah, I think it was a, it was a very tricky time for me. And when, when lockdown came and then we spent, I spent pretty much almost like a year working at home. It so no like, one could go into the prison no, during lockdown? No, oh. Cause there was a lot of like, a lot of sort of officers were going sick. So they, they just had, complete lockdown for prisoners which was really hard as well because yeah. knowing that they were there 24 7 maybe like an hour out of the cell to shower mm-hmm. but not much more than that no phone calls for months no visits so it was really like quite tricky and I remember kind of when lockdown lifted and all of this kind of stuff they wanted to get us back in and I remember just being like no I don't want to go like I, I, I actually don't want to go back in mm-hmm. and also it's partially because when you work in a prison, like you can't have your phone, like you can't yeah. just check your emails. You're there for the hours that you're there, and you can just feel so shut up, shut off from the world, which in itself is quite isolating, yeah. you know. So you, yeah, you kind of spend the whole day off social media, off news. Like you don't really see anything, and then you come out, and then you're hit with everything that's happened during the day. You're hit with like however many messages that come through the phone, notifications. So yeah, it's very. And that, that actually is quite reminiscent of like coming home mm-hmm. from prison and sort of like turning on your phone for the first time in months 
and then getting all these messages. So it kind of was very parallel. So I think for me it was that, no, I need to, I still need to do some work on this. And also that, that is quite brave. But think, it's inspiring yeah, yeah. for other people that they can see that you've experienced what they're experiencing and that they can, like, I think that's really, really inspiring. Thank you. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm brave. <laughs> yeah, I think I really wanted to, like, I think it was like a full circle moment mm-hmm. for me. Like, I, I've, I've, I've done it, but, yeah. I know that you mentioned on After Prison podcast mm-hmm. that one of your friends passed away mm-hmm. before the conviction. Mm-hmm. Do you think that kind of struggling with grief at such a young age yeah. sort of led to yeah. difficulties at university? 100%. And, yeah. I think not knowing how to grieve, not knowing how mm-hmm. to talk about grief at the mm-hmm. time as well, I think you deal with it in different ways. And so I think, yeah, had I had I have had more knowledge on the language that I could use or kind of expressing my feelings or I guess if it was more normal for men to talk about like how you feel I think things could have been different Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think that was a huge contributing factor yeah I think that people need to be able to speak about what they're going through and especially at university that's also a really isolating time yeah yeah yeah, true you're kind of on your own again so going through something like that and not having the people to talk to and not having the spaces where you can talk to people about things like with groups of girls, they're quite good at like asking <laughs> how their friends are. And yeah, kind yeah, of, yeah. I always find it funny whenever I hung out with my university guy friends. Like, you could spend two hours chatting, and I actually don't know anything, anything that's, that's going, going on up. in their <laughs> life. Like, it's really fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But whereas with my girlfriends, it's like yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. yeah, I think things are shifting now. Though I think mm. the culture of like men staying silent mm-hmm. has not served us well. Yeah, and so I think people are. People are challenging it mm-hmm. and I think there's more people that are going to therapy and speaking more openly about it and yeah I think things are changing a bit yeah and people being open about doing those things yeah, as well yeah, 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 inspires yeah. other people yeah yeah so I, I was wondering if if listening to the radio in prison oh, yeah. made inspired you to be yeah. a radio presenter but it, it wasn't did. It, it did, did. Yeah, yeah oh really so funnily enough so it did indirectly so basically okay. What happened was, like, I used to listen to radio every day. Like, every single day, I'd listen to the radio. Different pla- different stations. I think Choice FM was still around them times. I think so. But, yeah, that was the main station of Choice, Choice FM. And then Westside, just loads of different stations that I'd listen to. And I'd listen to different presenters. And I'd be like, oh, this presenter's really cool. You get to know them, right? And I'm literally listening to them every day. So it's like we're in a, like, one-way conversation. But, but I feel... Um, connected and um, so that was like always there I was always listening to radio I listened to radio from I was a young boy anyway and like was always inspired by like Trevor Nelson and what he was doing within the like R&B space specifically and Jenny Francis with like a late night show so those were like people that I always looked up to anyway and I used to record like radio shows on my little tape cassette oh. yeah I used, to, I used to record them literally and just like listen so that was way back when I was in school so when I was in prison and, and kind of listening to radio that was like a thing but then the reason that I actually started to create radio was I was listening to well there used to be a thing where you could do like CD swaps or like people who were in prison would just kind of like 
oh, what, what CDs have you got in your cell? Oh, yeah, I like that one. Do you want to swap? Mm-hmm. So we do CD swaps, and I remember But that, that was a long time ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, they still do CDs today. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can't have a phone? Yeah, no, you can't have a phone. Oh. Yeah, yeah, so it's still like... But you can have a stereo. Okay. So you can exchange CDs, and then you just play CDs, or listen to the radio, or watch okay. the TV. But no phones. So, yeah, CD swaps. And I remember... I can't remember how it ended up in my cell, but we got Erica Badu, Baduism. And I had listened to, like, I listened to Jules, I listened mm-hmm. to all of them before, but I had never listened to it in the way that I listened to it in that cell. Mm-hmm. And I listened to that CD, like, every night for, like, months, right? Wow. And it was, like, so I was listening on so many different levels. So I was listening to, like, the instrumentation, but then it was the lyrics as well that was, like, taking me on a journey and the feeling. And, and there were so many elements to it that I was really beginning to delve into and like love fall in love with so I remember kind of just feeling how what the effects that kind of music had on me and like the impact positively and my well-being and stuff and so I had already started to create an idea of what I wanted to do when I came back and it was to do with like well-being and like self-expression because I used to write poetry so it was more to do like that kind of thing and so when I came back, I was just on the hunt for that type of music. And so that's when I started to focus on like UK music and mm-hmm. artists making that type of sound. And when I found more of it, I eventually was just like, I really want to share this with people. Don't know how, but I'm going to find out. I literally, me and a friend of mine put our heads together and just created an idea for a show. This was not, it wasn't Soul Search as it is today. It was something else. Created a show, pitched it to different stations, got taken up by um, Pulse 88, which was in Northwest London, developed the show there. Then eventually I wanted to move it into something more soulful, mm-hmm. more like R&B, which is when Soul Search was birthed. And when was that? That was 2017. Oh, wow. That was okay. 2017. Yeah, that was 2017. So it started as a radio show? Soul yeah. of UK soul yeah, music. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. And then it started to expand to like overseas and then it just started to grow from there. And then from there it was like, okay, we're discovering some really cool artists that I don't think everyone knows. Mm-hmm. So let's put on an event and let's like showcase these artists. So we started to book artists who would come and perform and sell tickets and that's that's how the event started. So yeah. And when did, because I, like, I love the soul music and painting sessions that oh, you were yeah, doing at Prince yeah, of Peckham. Yeah, I got yeah, all my friends yeah, to go, I was like, this is just the most, yeah. like, it's like a Sunday activity that just leaves you feeling, like, relaxed, nourished, yeah, yeah, creative, yeah. like, so many things. Okay, yeah. When did you come up with that idea? I think our first one of those was in 2018. I can't even remember how, how it came about. I even remember where I saw it, but I was just like, "Oh my god, painting and yeah, soul music." Yeah, I that don't know. Just... <laughs> I think it. I think it literally was just. So, most of our events just came about from like, okay, I don't really rave. What would I like to do? And that was kind of how it came about. Someone else who was on the team at the time. That would have been us just collaborating on ideas and just kind of being like, "Well, painting is something that I don't usually do, but it's cool." And I think people would be in up for it so yeah that's how our events kind of happen I just kind of like make stuff up and do you feel like you're building a community of people with these yeah I think so I think I have more of a responsibility to 
be consistent mm -hmm. and like actually provide more space and more ideas and more activities for people to enjoy. I definitely think there's a community building. Our SoundCloud page with our, our shows that we upload our shows, that is continuously growing. And there doesn't there's not a day that goes by where like someone isn't listening to a show or something on our SoundCloud, which is crazy, like to have X amount of plays per day or per week or per month. So yeah, we're definitely building a community and it's actually worldwide. So yeah, the next step is like trying to take some of these events to other spaces or yeah just connecting with different people in different places as well and are you also kind of building a fan base for the different artists that you're I would say so mm -hmm. I would say so especially like when we really get behind an artist when I love a song I, <laughs> like you'll hear the song on the radio for like four weeks straight like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah I think so because there are there are like some of our events when people come it's the first time they've mm -hmm. even seen an artist perform and haven't even heard their music they're just like they're gonna come and then they enjoy it and then they go and listen so i think slowly but surely we're building we're helping to, to contribute to artists fan base so did soul surge come before you started working with grounded sound yes yeah, so soul surge started yeah 2017 is when we like launched and then i started to work with grounded sounds towards the end of 2021 okay so coming out of lockdown I had applied for the job and then yeah just kind of started at the end of the, uh, 2021. How did you first of all find out about the charity and could you explain a bit about what Grounded Sound is, is and yeah. what you guys do? So I, f I came across the charity because my, my girlfriend sent me the application form. She oh, was wow. like, I've seen, this, I've seen this role. I really think that it embodies everything that you're about. I think you could do it. And so I went for it with a bit of convincing. I went for it and then I got it. But... Grounded Sounds in its current form. So we've gone through a bit of a journey mm -hmm. and like I've done a bit of rebranding and sort of changing some of our programs and like the approach that we have. But essentially it's a music education charity. Mm -hmm. So our goal is to basically bridge the gap between the music industry and young people. Mm -hmm. So people who either want to be musicians or who want to be in behind the scenes roles within the music industry. So we run different programs. We run a schools program, which is more focused on like songwriting, production and performance. Mm -hmm. And then we run a artist and professional development program. So previously it was a seven week program. Now we've extended it to about between 10 and 12 weeks. Okay. So that program looks at the artist side. So like performance, songwriting, production, collaboration, like artist etiquette, all these different things that it takes to be an artist stage presence and and then we also look at the professional side of things so we'll get people to come in from the music industry and talk about their roles kind of share some insights and also help young people to develop themselves professionally so cv writing internships work experience mentoring so yeah those are kind of like we do loads of different programs around those two programs that i've just mentioned but those are like the core what age mm -hmm. group do so you work we, with? We go from 11 to 25. So oh, wow. the okay. school program is like mm -hmm. 11 to 15 slash 16. Okay. We're developing a program currently for 15 to 17 year olds. Mm -hmm. And then we've got two programs which are 18 to 25. What impact can you see that having on young people? So I think there's loads of different impacts, but I think um, the ones I'm, I'm most interested in personally are more around like, the aspirational side of things mm -hmm. so like for us we are working with young people who don't necessarily have the networks or the resources to kind of like just 
go into the music industry or like uh, benefit from nepotism or <laughs> networks and kind of like, yeah, here's a job, go on. So we're working with that group and I think some of the programs, especially the artist development and professional development program, people come in sort of like, yeah, I want to be the next like big star on mm-hmm. stage. And they come out of the program actually understanding that you can do music, mm-hmm. but you can also have a really cool job in music and then make money by supporting other musicians mm-hmm. or being a HR manager if that's mm-hmm. what you want to do, or A&R, or a touring agent, or all of these different things that you can do. And so I think it's kind of the confidence or increasing young people's confidence in themselves and like their ability to actually really just find options and go for it and not feel like, they have to go for the traditional roles, mm-hmm. um, which might be like doctor, lawyer, but actually they can they can earn a really good living mm-hmm. and have a high quality of life and enjoy their job. That's kind of this is the thing. Like, everyone is told way too yeah, young yeah, yeah. by people who didn't who are scared and didn't follow <laughs> yeah. their own dreams that like oh, you can't do something creative that is crazy. Yeah, do something that doesn't make you happy instead. Yeah, yeah. But it's like the music industry has a lot of money in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's a lot of different roles in it. But it's true, I think sometimes it's quite far removed from mm. what people know. We've had like musicians give us yeah. tickets to their shows. Wow. So we've been able to take young people to actually see like a performance, mm-hmm. high quality performances. Yeah, it's been really cool. It's, it's getting better now because I'm not afraid of certain conversations. So like saying to people, you know, we need money or we need, yeah. you know, we want this opportunity or this is, you don't have enough black stuff. We have young people who we could fill those roles. Um, so, yeah, kind of just like being very, I think my role is to advocate for young people who don't have the confidence or the voice to advocate for themselves. And I think that's what I love about what I do because I can, yeah, push boundaries or, yeah, take things further than like people think they can. Yeah. and sort of like having the audacity to do that mm-hmm. I think that is like a strength of mine that's a very large age group as well to work yeah, with yeah, 11 yeah. to 25 yeah. it really is like <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean I personally if you know I think funding mm-hmm. sort of like determines the ages sometimes mm-hmm. well we still work with young people beyond mm-hmm. that age so like once mm-hmm. they've they're alumni and they finish working mm-hmm. with us they can come back and actually train with us to deliver programs as well. So, wow, that's some of, so cool. Yeah, so for example, one of our school, the school program manager, went through one of our programs. Oh my um, god! And she then started to freelance and work in the schools, and then from working in the schools, she now runs the school program. And so that's the story that I want for people. I want people to like experience support from us mm-hmm. all the way through because I know that like Salters wasn't formed before I was 25 like I was it wasn't even a thing Mm -hmm. so I know that after the age of 25 sometimes the vision becomes clearer Mm -hmm. sometimes people are more ready to like take on that work or Mm -hmm. go into that role so I think as much as the age limit stops there officially Mm -hmm. we have our alumni we still work with them develop them train them where we can and then put them into opportunities as well. And is it with people in South London? It's mainly, yeah, yeah focused on South London. Mm-hmm. We are based in Lambeth, mm-hmm. Brixton specifically, but yeah, we, we're open. I saw the video of on online about Grounded Sounds and one of the teachers was saying that it inspired lots of the students to then do music GCSE. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's, it, that's so cool. 
it's amazing because I think it's so mad. Like when I I go to a lot of shows, mm-hmm. yeah, and like I'll see performers doing their thing, and especially like um, instrumentalists, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, where where was I when these lessons were being given? Because I can't play any instruments, mm-hmm. and I'm always like, yeah, that's the opportunity that we want to give to young people now at a young age mm-hmm. to be in these workshops to to feel confident enough to take a music GCSE because you think that's going to contribute to like your career choices. Mm -hmm. You know, music GCSE was not even an option Mm -hmm. when I was in school. I didn't even know that that was a thing. Mm -hmm. There were no creative GCSEs that I took. Really? Language and maybe French Mm -hmm. is like the most, it's not even creative, it's just (laughs) just another language, but I didn't do art GCSE even though I loved art. Music, I didn't even take it as an option after year nine and I wish I did because we had a music department. I just didn't know how it would contribute to my life. So I think... That's the thing, though. You're showing people that, one, it yeah. makes it really cool. Yeah. And I think you're in that age at, like, 14, 15, aren't you, when it's kind of like, you kind of just want to do what all your friends want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah. If, if they've seen that there's actually a way for them to follow a path in the music exactly. industry that is just exactly. that's such a great time exactly. to find that out exactly. not a like 20 when you're like oh wait I, I can done. yeah <laughs> exactly it's hard it's hard and, and I think it's bringing the reality to it as well it's like letting them know that like you know some of the artists or the stars that we have now they didn't just wake up and make one song mm-hmm. and then blow up like mm-hmm. this is a journey do you know what I mean so yeah and there's there's more really talented non-famous musicians then there are really talented famous stars mm-hmm. so it's like really understanding like the I guess the essence of music beyond the stage mm-hmm. beyond the famous element mm-hmm. to it but actually like what does it do for your mental health what mm-hmm. does it do for your well-being mm-hmm. and that of the people around you as well mm-hmm. what does it do for your confidence like those are the things that we're interested in developing with young people I can't, oh, I can't remember the statistic, but it was something like, music is the quickest way to change your mood. Absolutely, absolutely. Like, I I truly believe in that. And there was a time where, like, I kind of really delved into, like, I think it was more during lockdown, mm-hmm. delved into, like, associating music with colours and mm-hmm. scents and, like, emotions. Mm-hmm. For sometimes, like, sometimes I know, okay, if I want to stay angry or in this emotion I can listen to yes, I've got to listen so to true. this right but <laughs> if I want to change my mood I'll listen to this so, so true, when you yeah. want to wallow and you're just like I'm just going to yeah, listen yeah. to loads of sad songs yeah, and keep yeah. myself down here exactly exactly <laughs> so um, yeah some of like what I do is Soul Surge we curate playlists mm-hmm. that are specific to the mood that we want to induce in people mm-hmm. or when we have events we're very specific about the DJs we book or the music mm-hmm. that we play because we want to induce a particular type of mood so, yeah, I think it's important to kind of, like, use music as a tool for healing and freedom and joy. And also, like, sorrow and, mm-hmm. and sort of, like, all the emotions. Someone said it's like a, a song, you're selling emotions. Because it mm. is, it's like, you're, that's how you connect with the song. Yeah. But it reminds 100%. you of your own, everybody will experience it differently because it kind of takes you into your own. It's like when everyone listens to a breakup song, everyone's yeah. going <laughs> to just think about their, about their own yeah, breakup. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I cried at, um, <laughs> it's actually really embarrassing, but you know Brockwell Park, um, mm-hmm. Mighty Hoopla? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like Atomic Kitten. Yeah. I just got through a break of it, it was Atomic Kitten. What song um, was that? Oh my God. 
Atomic Kitten, what song would it have been? What's, it, what's the song that's like, when I see you? I cried at Oh, that. no. Really? Yeah. It was just the beginning verse. It just, yeah, for some yeah, reason, yeah. I literally, I was like, wow. This is- <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was festival. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, that's um, the power of music, though. That is the power yeah. of music. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> also, sometimes I feel when you're, like, after a time when you're maybe a bit more emotionally sensitive, like, music, feel, you can feel it even more. Yeah, 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 definitely. And I think that's that's kind of like... So in some of our sessions with the older group, there will be times where we're like, okay, why this lyric? Mm-hmm. Or what is this... What are you trying to say to us? Like, yeah. So there are times where, like, we'll get them to perform, and they'll perform once... And then we'll be like, okay, so what does this song actually mean? Mm. Like the cover that you're doing, why did you choose it? What does it mean to you? And we have this long conversation. Yeah. And then when they perform again, there's a huge difference because they're connected. So yeah, I think, yeah, music's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's like a type of therapy, like songwriting. Oh, 100%. 100%. As, yeah. 100%. Poetry, songwriting, you're kind of just like releasing yeah. things. Yeah, 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 yeah. So... What impact do you see those projects having on younger people? Do you know what? I think specifically like the, the music industry focused mm-hmm. ones where it's about professional development. Mm-hmm. I think it really is about young people feeling seen mm-hmm. and feeling like there are people like them in these roles and there's a space for them as well. By putting them right in front of them and just being like, these are all the roles that are available to you. Mm-hmm. This is how you can get to them. I think it creates access in a space that is quite inaccessible music is a hard place to get into and yeah i think it just builds confidence allows people to connect with other musicians and mm-hmm. artists and yeah just create a like like-minded network again like when we go back to the topic of loneliness actually just feel connected mm-hmm. you know especially after the lockdown and especially after a lot of the young people we work with are displaying like anxiety and depression and social isolation so it's like really trying to support them with that as well so yeah yeah I think that the lockdown has been particularly hard on young people like a study just came out on campaign to end loneliness saying that young people are more chronically lonely than people over the age of 70 which isn't what people presume and especially after the pandemic rates are higher Mm. and like you said like kids that haven't been in school for two years yeah struggling to go back it's like that causes a lot of anxiety yeah so having a place where people can connect over a shared passion and have a type of therapy like well-being that is really really important yeah so are you seeing that that the the young people are in what way so some will start not wanting to perform in front of people Mm -hmm. and then end with a full-blown show we put on a showcase um and people will come out and buy tickets and support. Yeah. And there'll be a room full of people and they'll perform with a live band. Oh my God. And they've never done that before. So, so there's cool. like the practice, there's the actual like element of like confidence that we're yeah. seeing. But yeah, also like the group chats that they have, that they create. We create a group chat for each of our programs, um, the 18 plus programs, where we send like information, opportunities and all of that. And so seeing them connect and seeing them just talk off their own back or like, link up and go to events and go to like support each other and yeah support each other when each other are performing that kind of thing mm-hmm. it's nice to see them creating their own networks and communities I've seen young people go from like wanting to be a rapper to then becoming a DJ and 
running their own radio show wow. and, and having their own events and I'm like yeah I, I just, <laughs> I, it makes me smile so much and knowing that and I think one of the biggest things for me that I see the impact of what we do is that they know they can ask us questions like mm -hmm. any of our staff they can reach out to us and be like this is what I'm working on I've got a release coming I need some advice and we will sit down with them mm -hmm. and so it's like yeah there's so many different things that we're contributing to but I think it is really important for younger people to feel like there are older people who've been through it who know what they're doing but they can reach them mm -hmm. because that's a lot of time you just don't think you can reach you know when you're 18 19 20 you don't really always know outside of your family who you can connect to who's like 30 plus and is really going to help you and your family may have other ideas for their yeah, ideal yeah, career yeah, path yeah, for yeah, you yeah, yeah, and exactly. if you have people exactly. who can tell you no you don't have to do what your dad tells you to do <laughs> yeah 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 this is exactly a, yeah. there's another way you know yeah. um so yeah just be i think being there for people is is a huge impact i think mm -hmm. I mean, we've spoken a bit about this, but what do you think is important about building a community and how do you think art and music bring people together? Because I guess that's that's really what you're doing in, in ev everything you do. That is mm. really what underpins yeah. it all. Well, I don't think we're meant to be alone Yeah. as beings. I just don't think that we are here to be isolated and live life alone. Mm -hmm. So I, I've always thought that and I've always kind of moved with that. I think there's loads of different benefits to building communities and it depends on like which angle we want to look at it in but I guess for me building and cultivating communities is about I want to say it's not survival right mm -hmm. but I think we help each other to stay alive no de longer, definitely you know, like we're tribal yeah like it's only very recently that we are living these like isolated yeah lives away from nature, away from like our tribes, mm -hmm. our family, a community of people. We used to live in big groups. Yeah, I agree. And yeah. and that like what you said is actually more damaging for your health to be alone yeah. than to smoke, be overweight. Mm. Like there's so many other health impacts, drink alcohol. It's being lonely is like equivalent to this isn't completely scientific, but smoking about fifteen cigarettes a day. Really? So they yeah, and, and you're if you're ill your chance of recovery is yeah. higher if you have if people around community. you. Yeah. So that's yeah. completely true. Yeah, I think there's so many so many benefits to community. I think, mm -hmm. I, from okay, I'll say it from, for example, like a, from a soul search perspective, mm -hmm. sharing resources. Mm -hmm. So for us, we know that particular types of music on particular frequencies mm -hmm. and sounds benefit your well-being and your mental health, right? And they actively can induce dopamine which is like a happy hormone mm -hmm. basically and so like certain souls certain instruments or certain frequencies will induce that feeling right mm -hmm. and so we we know that and we're doing more research and more study to actually kind of like identify exactly what does that but because we know that and there's certain songs that we are sure that does that mm -hmm. we can share that and say mm -hmm. hey guys this is a song that's going to make you feel this particular way mm -hmm. Or this song will make you feel green, which like is creative and mm -hmm. refreshing and all of these different things, right? And we can share that with our community and hopefully people begin to feel better. Mm -hmm. Or when we share our radio show, three hours of music, it's like within that three hours, people are going for walks, going for runs, cleaning the house, mm -hmm. going to gym, 
or lying in bed, mm -hmm. but they are sharing or partaking collectively in a process that helps you feel better. Mm -hmm. So I think, yeah, community is important. I think even just from a, like a resource knowledge of sharing mm -hmm. information and experiences and emotions and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, emotionally, community is important, you know, for like, I guess, yeah, it's hard to explain, but I just think we just need each other. And I think we shouldn't be afraid to like lean into that and be honest about that mm -hmm. and say, I need people, I need support, you know? And in terms of art and music bringing people together. Yes, yeah. Why do you think, why do you think they do? Because, yeah, <laughs> I think art and music, like some religions, can be quite spiritual experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think when multiple people experience a similar thing, there's a common ground mm -hmm. that is created there. So I think as a vehicle, music specifically, well, music and art, because we're more music focused, music just is a vehicle for like bringing people together. So like mm -hmm. our hangout events where we do the sip and paint, the painting and the music, it's just a way to bring people together. You know, people are sharing paints, sharing brushes, sitting on tables with strangers, people they don't know, mm -hmm. and having conversations. and. If you take away the art and the music, it, the core of it is people are having conversations and interacting with strangers. And I think, yeah, music and art serves as like a really safe space for people to do that. And like what you yeah. said about collective experiences and yeah. listening to live music with yeah. other people, you're all sharing that yeah, moment that together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that emotion. Yeah, and that mo yeah, the moment as well. I think all of that contributes to how you walk away feeling that day. You know, you, you go to an event or a concert and you all leave feeling like you're either buzzing or you're like, that mm. was terrible. Or, <laughs> but you, you can I like, haven't had that was terrible know, in I a haven't long had time, that either. to be fair. I, I mean, I have, I have, I have, but, um, um, and then you can all get on the train and like, you know, sometimes you'll hear the whole carriage singing or people just talking about the event and sort mm -hmm. of like exchanging experiences. So I think, yeah, it serves as like a really good way of bringing people together collectively so on top of all of this as if that wasn't already enough to <laughs> feel like 24 hours and seven days a week yeah. but um you also mentor young people how do you think your own experience has helped with that and also what do you think is the most important um thing we can do to empower young people or most important way to empower young people from when when i was young like when i was in college I was about 18 and so I was studying in college I studied psychology and sociology and English and at uni I studied criminology with social psychology so I was always interested in like the mind and how humans behave and why we do things and I remember like not being completely sure what I wanted to do when I was older but I kind of thought it was going to be in the youth work sector but I always remember saying that I really want to work with young people because I didn't have anyone who was really looking out for me or really contributing to me making better decisions when I was younger. So now for me, it's important to kind of just give back in a way where I could just be honest and say, look, this is, this is the road that you don't want to go down or these are decisions that you're making that will impact your future. Mm -hmm. What are the other options? Or mm -hmm. I guess for me being more, I think like it's a weird one. Cause like, I think I'm, I think people will still perceive me as like a masculine man or a man's man or whatever, but I embrace 
my emotional side, I embrace my sensitive side and I, and I don't hide it. So I think when I'm working with young men, for example, like who maybe are used to like closing off their emotions or used to like guys who want to tell war stories and like have a bit of bravado and I'm kind of like just being a bit softer and kind of just being like, how do you feel today? Mm-hmm. Like, what is the emotion? Or, you know, if you could describe the emotion in a colour, what would it be? And just kind of like having really deep, deeper conversations, I think it helps people to just step out of the role that they have, they think they have to play mm-hmm. and just be themselves. And I think because I've gone through those situations where I had a decision to make whether I was going to carry on playing the role or actually step back and just kind of reevaluate my life because I've been through that I can ask certain questions or share certain experiences and connect in that way so yeah but ultimately people have to make their own decisions at the end of the day but I think just being there and being an example of someone who has made decisions that have led to particular outcomes but then have made other decisions to get to the place I'm at today mm-hmm. I think just being present in that way is powerful kind of having a relatable and inspiring yeah. role model yeah to look up degree. to yeah 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 no yes but <laughs> do you know what it is role model always feels quite like too much pressure not really I think I think what happened I think we forget that like we're all just humans innit yeah so like I might make a decision tomorrow that just <laughs> completely I'm not going to consciously but anything can happen mm. and like tomorrow people might say oh well he's not a role model because Mm. that's a decision he's made right so I think people are too aggressive on the internet first of all yeah they're like (laughs) do you know what I mean it's crazy so I I am careful about that Mm -hmm. because I'm just like if people I think words mean things and people associate them to things so I think it's more about like you're just a well-rounded human you make decisions and actually what's going to get you further is trying to make the best decisions that you can Mm. And, and understanding that people can make mistakes, yeah, but then there's consequences yeah. that come with that, right? So if if role model accounts for like the full human being experience mm-hmm. and like just being mm-hmm. normal and you know, I guess like soul surge, I'm very like my voice is calm, the way I present mm-hmm. radio is mm-hmm. calm. But when I have road rage, I have road rage. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And it's like so, so it's like, and I don't want to ever hide any parts of me. Like I'm just normal do you get what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um yeah I try not to hide like who I am because mm-hmm. yeah I would hate for like pe- anyone to like be surprised by like mm-hmm. me beeping <laughs> <laughs> but he's got such a smooth <laughs> yeah why, how is he beeping yeah. it's like yeah we all have like different <laughs> elements to us and people places situations bring mm-hmm. out different elements of us so I but think, even that's it's inspiring being able to admit that because, yeah, I, like yeah. i think but I, yeah i i get you yeah they always say don't meet your heroes don't they yeah they then do. you see they them do. as flawed I've met human some beings that i just would not um but yeah i guess that is i think that's the truth of it we're mm. all flawed human beings and, mm-hmm. but i think the difference is there are people who embrace that and mm-hmm. then there are some who kind of like don't and that's where mm-hmm. people not get caught out but Mm-hmm. That's where the internet just gets crazy. And, it's mean you know, to you on Twitter. Yeah. yeah. And maybe people are, are scared now to show that side of themselves because yeah. we are people are so quick to judge. That is true. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. But mm. it's kind of like, but, and it's partially why I'm like so open with like my experience because mm-hmm. 
it's there, it's on record. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, if I was to hide it, someone's gonna kind of be like, oh, but this is what you did, or this mm-hmm. is, you know, you've been here or there. Or, so I think sometimes it's like, if you share your truth as much as you can and who you are as much as you can, people just have to accept it or mm-hmm. not. But there's no, there's no sort of like, this is a secret that you've got and I'm gonna out it. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's all on the table kind of thing so yeah so what are your next steps and upcoming plans for soul surge and for grounded sounds so for for grounded sounds we just kind of went through a whole restructure and reprogramming so i think yeah it's just doing some new programs for the first time or doing programs in their new form for the first time this year so really zoning into that and like partnerships Mm -hmm. that's like a really big thing for me this year is collaborating with different organizations and people who are really wanting to give back mm-hmm. so that is what's next for grounded sounds is just to keep growing and developing within my role growing the impact that we're making for soul surge i think it's more events more exploration of of what it means to be a music and well-being organization mm-hmm. so we were very heavy on like the music side of things and like artists but now really want to focus on like audience experience and like building a community and actually yeah making sure people are getting the well-being element from us so whether that's workshops and different types of workshops that we want to do that's in a pipeline different types of events that's in a pipeline radio is always going to be there and developing so yeah just kind of spreading our wings and also looking at what can be done outside of london mm-hmm. outside of the uk that's that's the plan an international soul surge community yep that's cool. the plan because it's there yeah but I think we just need to tap in where's the second biggest country where they it, it, it varies you know yeah. but the US is okay loads of different cities in the US mm-hmm. are listening South Africa mm-hmm. is big as well and France mm-hmm. and there's a whole li- there's, there's a whole list those are sort of like the hotspots so finally we always end the podcast on two mm-hmm. questions so the first is when did you last feel lonely? I will say mm-hmm. that, ooh, I don't know, but I will say the last time I felt lonely, I guess, let's say within a soul search context was when I was running it by myself mm-hmm. and like doing everything alone, which is very hard and very lonely. And I know there's like people out there and entrepreneurs out there who do everything by themselves. But I guess that was a while back where now I have like people that, involved and do things with us and we're slowly building a team so I think that is the last time I can recall being actually lonely mm-hmm. yeah no I think that's that, yeah being a C <laughs> even being a CEO as well because yeah. you're so lonely at the top <laughs> you're the only one there <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's tricky yeah it is it is but yeah I would say that's like probably the last time and that was a while back and what advice would you give to help someone feel more connected? I think it's going to be, it's easy for me to say, but I know it's hard for people to do. Mm-hmm. So I would say to just like, to connect, to literally like reach out, to contact who you need to contact or show someone that you need them to, mm-hmm. to contact you or whatever like. But I think trying to connect is probably the best way to connect. And like I said, that, looks different for different people and it's difficult for a lot of people but I would say yeah trying to put yourself out there and like just communicate with people mm-hmm. whether it be you admire someone's work and you want to get closer to the work 
sending a compliment or saying something or um, telling someone how you feel, a friend or family or even some some strangers are actually open to that. So like, yeah, I would say connect, like mm-hmm. reach out because yeah, the worst someone can do is like ignore you and not want to connect. And I don't think that's the majority of people out there. Hopefully that's not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think it is. I think you're right. You know, like, I think people in the UK more than other countries mm. are scared to connect with people. Like, I, yeah. if you go, I mean, I lived in Martinique for mm. seven months and you walk down the street and you smile at everyone and you say bonjour. And like, there's a real sense of community, even mm. just in the supermarket. And I came back to the UK and it's like, we're quite scared. Yeah. But actually sometimes if you smile at someone and make eye contact with them, they're going to smile back. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so. literally, literally, yeah. It's just trying, trying, yeah. you know. Yeah. And maybe go to places where you can connect with people. Yeah. I used to go to like shows by myself. Just, well, one, because I really liked the show and like maybe I didn't have anyone else around that wanted to go. But yeah, just go by myself and like I'll talk to the person next to me. Have you seen them before? And you just have a conversation and you connect. So yeah, maybe maybe try going to a solo event, which is daunting. Yeah, no, it's good, but then once you've done it, once yeah. you've done it, you realise it's not as scary. And also... Yeah. If you like the music, it's actually really fun yeah. listening to the yeah. music. But I think a lot of people, for the, for a lot of people, the first yeah. step is actually the most daunting, which yeah. is like even the idea of like mm. going by yourself or the idea of like sending a DM mm. or a message or anything. Or telling someone that you're feeling a bit lonely. Yeah, sometimes the actual the actual idea is harder than the actual act mm-hmm. sometimes. So. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for, for giving a bit of your time, no your worries. very, very busy time. That's <laughs> cool, that's cool. I've got time for but, you anyway. Thank you. you know that. And then, I mean, I'm going to put this all in the show notes, but if people want to find Soul Surge and find out more about Grounded Sounds, mm-hmm. I'll, put the, I'll put the website in the show notes. Cool. And Soul Surge has a Spotify playlist as well, or we is have, it we have SoundCloud? And, yeah, okay, yeah. cool. SoundCloud, Spotify as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thank you. <laughs>